Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Why, hello there. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast, where today we're going to be chill and calm. (laughs) The intro music is not fitting for your intro now. The... um, Man, another another week doing the podcast. I'm here hanging out with Pastor Jeremy. Hello there. And despite my opener, I am wound up <laughs> and excited. An amazing weekend, amazing start of the year. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a really good job preaching at myself. So I'm <laughs> listening to what I'm preaching and receiving it. And yeah. Trying to change this is a series I wrote. For Nate Gagney, and I'm just yelling at myself <laughs> while we're all hearing. And sometimes those are the best. Or sometimes I feel like that, like I always get to that point when I'm writing. I'm like, I shouldn't be the one preaching this. I feel like I'm the one who needs it. You know what I mean? Like right. it always just kind of shapes out that way. No matter what you preach, even if it's something that you feel like you've mastered, if you're truly, you have to. You have to own what you're preaching. Right. You have to um, digest it. Like it has to affect you right. in order to preach it. So sometimes maybe I've, I have what I'm preaching about, but the passion comes from helping other people to get it. Right. And, but this is definitely a, uh, we're getting it remember, at the same time. <laughs> remember Nate Gagney. Yeah. You need to remember you're serving the God of expectations. You need to remember that there's power in yeah. expectations and not forget it. And I think I did preach, I don't remember Sunday, but I think I did go off notes a little bit and talked about how I'll have expectation for God to do something, but I'll forget the next time a problem comes that God's still there. Yeah. That God, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no reason for me to doubt now uh, because he did it before. Right. And I think that's definitely something I've got to look back. I have to, in some areas of life, I have to look back better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need more Ebenezer's in my life to remember <laughs> all the things that God has done. Yeah. No, and some things I sense. do it. So, like, if there's ever a hard day in ministry, I'll go back. I'll remember when I felt the presence of God for the first time at 14. Mm. I'll think back to my living room when I was 15 and I felt the call of God. And I'll say, God, you're, you're, you're the one who called me. And so you're going to be the one to... To lead me through this difficult circumstance. Yeah. And you called me. So you don't want me to quit. And I'll be able to I've I have a good pretty good practice about doing that. Um, and even personal finances. I don't normally worry too much. We've had yeah. a couple tight times over probably the last five yeah. years that were scary. Um but I was confident that God would see us through. Yeah. But yeah, there's other areas. 
Yeah, I'm bad at. I have to remind myself. I'm bad at documenting it. I think when you talked through like letting letting God lead you through the miracles and like kind of forgetting to praise Him, it's always one of those you pray for those miracles on your own timing. And when for me, when it finally happens, do I com- did I completely forget I was praying about that? I don't remember if we talked about that on the podcast or the worship devotional kind of had a little bit. Um, this Sunday, the worship team, they, we do a, devo- a devotional in the morning. And I think we were talking like, how do you remember the things? And I'm like, I'm so bad at journaling. I'm so bad at all. Like, I wish I was good at that and had yeah. somewhere to go but besides my mental <laughs> filing. Um, but sometimes like like that part really convicted me of of the legitimately looking back and being like, wow, wait, no, yeah, he has done so much for me. I need to stop and, and like praise him for yeah. it. I think that was one of the bigger uh, bigger points. Like I, I need to get better at that, looking back and going through it. The, um, sorry, I got a text message which distracted my brain. <laughs> uh, well, you talk about journaling and I, I've got a journal here. I don't write in it very often. I write it. Like if I go to a conference yeah, yeah. or if, I, if I'm if i on a sabbatical, it's just like a big moment. Um, a big moment book. And so I was looking at it yesterday because I was studying for this message and, mm. I, and I'm trying to find sermon notes. Yeah. And so while I'm searching through the book, <coughs> I saw this. It was like a declaration from 2015. I'm changing my speech. I've spoken reality sprinkled with faith. I'm going to speak what God speaks. Mm. And so I'm still learning that lesson. Yeah, you wrote that. I wrote from that in response sermon. to um, a Brian Houston sermon that I watched that day. Yeah. He said, your words change your future. Yeah. And so... I've spoken reality sprinkled with faith. I still do that. I have yeah. a hard time celebrating good things without saying like, and there's bad things too. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. just don't want to, cause I don't want to be fake and phony. Yeah. Like yeah. Where do you so think that comes people, from? Do you think that comes from just, you knowing there are people that are like, their, their life is crashing and burning. Like God is good. God is good. Like no real answer. And so you're like, I don't want to be that. No, I think it's because people lie. Yeah. Or people it's, Spin. So people put a spin on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, It's hard to think of examples without potentially getting myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But let me, so let me share one. Um, a number of years ago, an organization planted 10 churches and a bunch of them failed. But they just kept communicating when you'd ask about them because it was a real debacle. Yeah. And when you'd ask about them, they'd say seven churches remain. And, and I kept like punching, I kept like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. And so I finally discovered, well, actually there was 13 churches and only seven remain. So six of them have failed. And actually one of them technically is a failure. So we could say we're counting one, Yeah. but it's not, it doesn't really count. So now really there's six. Yeah. And And so it was just a spin. 
How are they? Oh, seven of the... No, 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 no. Thirteen of the ten remain, and uh, and so three of those already counted. So in that six, so only three of the actual ten remain. The ten You're remain. using three that pre-existed that as already, a number. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's the... Um, yeah, that type of shenanigans yeah. happens, in, obviously, in politics. It happens in... Um, happens in ministry. Yeah, that's you know, sad. I served on on the board of a a university. So it's not North Point. Yeah, uh, though I served on that board for a little while too. I served on the board of a university, and I showed my first board meeting was the one after they discovered that they were like thirty million dollars in debt. Oh my gosh! So how do you discover? <laughs> so just the, the the board meetings were all like things are good enrollments up and then when the truth comes out things are horrible <laughs> yeah we're 30 million a day we're not going to be able to cover wow our bills and i i don't want it so part of it's a reaction to that yeah. which is why I'm, when we say numbers how big's your church oh man yeah like 700 right or 700 people and i could just say like our highest sundays I don't ever do that. And the thing that's kept me honest about lying or bragging, because there have been like some amazing things. Yeah. Is I'll always say the last two weeks. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. when, when I was a youth pastor and we were little in the, you know, in the little town of Barrington, New Hampshire, and there were weeks we were having 90 teenagers coming to youth group. If he was helping your youth group, I could easily say 90, which was unreal. Yeah. But it was much more humbling to say, um, oh, yeah, we were 56 this week and yeah. 67 the week before. As opposed to, yeah, we're 90. We hit right. 90 four weeks ago. Right. So, yeah, because at what point are you still referencing a number that's yeah. not really true anymore? You know what I mean? Like, if you just keep, like, this, this is just more of an example of just when you pick a number and you stick with it. I like realized when people would ask like how long you've been playing music. My answer was like 10 years for five years in a row because I just never did the mental work to think of the year and to think through it. So every time, Oh yeah. How long you've been playing? I'm like, Oh, like 10 years. And I realized like, wait a minute that I've been here on this worship team longer than I keep telling people I've been playing guitar because my brain's not catching up. So yeah. you fall into that too. If you just always have this like blanket statement of you're celebrating a win from, Years ago. <laughs> uh, in um, in another sermon I preached before, I don't know if it's going to come to the surface, though I'll try my best. But I talked about, <clears throat> oh, Abraham. God had promised him a son. Yep. Jesus showed up in the Old Testament and said, hey, you're going to have a son. The son never came. It's like a decade later. So he goes before God and he's like, hey, God, I've got this logical, practical plan. I'm getting old. I want to die away. I'm not bitter at you. I never had the son. I'm no problem like that. Nothing like that. Hmm. Just want you to know my plan. When I die, I'm going to leave my inheritance to my employee because I don't have an right. heir. So I just want you to know God. And in that old sermon, I was talking about, which I am, again, preaching at myself, our practical, logical plans. And so our expectations of God are limited by our 
logic yeah. and by um, realistic expectations. Right. God does not want us to have realistic expectations. Yeah. But how do you how do you balance? Um, and we we talked about it a little bit before, like you mentioned, having like aspirations without any sort of plan. You you're just like have a crazy plan. Like how do you balance having that faith in God and just being ridiculously? You know what I mean? Like is there a balance, or or are we just supposed to be that that ludicrous in our expectation all the time? You know what I mean? Some of it is just recognizing it's actually not that hard for God. So if he wants right. to do it, he's going to do it. I probably shared this before, but I was at a pastor's event. And we had to write, where do we want to be in the future? Yeah. And I went and wrote millionaire. And so all the pastors are like laughing at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> <some of> that. <laughs> kind of picked the wrong career and like laughing and joking. But really as a 30-year-old to be a millionaire is actually not that difficult. Yeah. It's just investing and with a certain inflation, amount of that's money. still not enough. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what it used to be. But it's really not that much. But because they have no expectation, they think it's ridiculous. Now it's a for a, a 20 or I don't know how old it was, a 30-year-old lead pastor of a church whose budget was decreasing at the time. It was ludicrous. It was yeah. stupid. It was foolish, but it was within, even beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah. Nothing at that moment said that would happen. And obviously it hasn't happened, <laughs> but it will happen. Yeah. Unless I, I was going to say, unless I pass away, but if I pass away, it happens for Michelle. Like <laughs> as, as soon as everything passes probate. <laughs> now um, we know. But it was, <laughs> but not impossible. So, it is, yeah, I mean, I'm not the best person to talk on this because mm -hmm. I am fighting. Right. Yeah, you fight that realism I, check. If Michelle or the boys ask me a question, I can only answer it in the way that they have asked the question. Like sometimes I know they're meaning to ask something else, but I can't answer it. Because that's not what they Based do. on implied meaning, <laughs> I can only base it on what they have asked. Yeah. So what are you doing? I am screwing this screw. I am I am nailing yeah. this nail. And then they and then like, to what? <laughs> like Yeah, they, like, I think their question is, why are you doing that? Right. But I can't answer a why question if I got asked a what question. Mm. And so pray for my wife, but the, <laughs> and I think she, obviously she gets, it drives her crazy. Like, why can't you just answer my question? I'm like, I, I, I don't know how I, I can only answer what you ask. It's just something in my brain that doesn't compute. So when we talk about expectation and, and faith, I know for me, like it's so stupid because I know it's possible. Yeah. It feels impossible, but I know it's possible. So when we talk about giving a million dollars annually to missions, well, in my mind, I'm like, well, if we're 10 locations, 
Right, yeah. Each location gives $100,000. We'll do it. We'll do it. So it like is huge, but really it's not huge. It's yeah. just a matter of time. I expect it'll happen. I'm confident it'll happen. It'll take time, but it'll happen. So it's impossible. And especially at the time I communicated that, I'm pretty sure it was 2012. Again, when the finances were decreasing, yeah. when our church was only giving $30,000 a year to missions, mm. we made a statement that was seemed absolutely, what an idiot this guy is. Yeah, not yeah. New Hampshire, <laughs> yeah. not here. Doesn't he know we're blue? There's no millionaires here. And is having no understanding of the future. I remember... To, so I, I'm just rambling. Yeah. Feel free to interrupt. No, I like the stories. But I remember when Michelle <laughs> and I were first married, no kids, probably no pregnancies. <laughs> we were first married in an apartment. We've got this old computer, desktop computer, huge monitor. And Michelle starts crying about the money. So it's crying and... It's emotional. Mm. And again, like, I'm a little bit shocked. I, I've been stressed out, but, I, but I've never cried over money. Yeah. And I remember saying to her, like, no, let's sit down. Let's look at all the numbers. We'll be fine. Yeah. No, but I just don't feel like well, it doesn't really matter what you feel. Here's the numbers. Yeah. Here's what it will be. And then so getting to the root, you know, because that happened a few times you know, every, it seemed like every month, every other month. And I remember saying to her, I think she was kind of like, it's always going to be like this. You're a pastor. You're never going to make money. I, at the time I was making $18,000 a year. Right. You'll never, whatever. And I said, <gasps> just with confident assurance, like, listen, just based on inflation and whatever, like, this is not all I'm going to make. Like eventually yeah. Yeah. we'll between the two of us be, you know, our income will be over a hundred thousand dollars a year. No, it could never happen. You're in ministry, whatever. I'm yeah. like, it'll just happen based on inflation. My grandfather used to make 75 cents an hour. Yeah. And now all these years later, you, you know, I, I'm making this. Right it'll happen just based on time. Right. Um, it's funny because that, um, I I was just listening to a podcast that has nothing to do with expectation, but one of the things that he brought up is kind of what you're talking about to have when we get stuck in this, um, he called it like a, um, like a social contract. Like this, this is the agreement I've made in my mind of what this situation is. Right. And so that being, you're talking through the root cause or the root like belief is if you go into ministry, you suffer financially. So now I just know for the rest of my life, like you just have this. And I think even in the sense of the expectation, it's hard to break out of what you feel like is a rule that, that we made up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you just get stuck in those things. And so when you want to believe something big for God, like, Sometimes I feel like there's things in the back of your head that you don't even realize you've made a rule. Um, oh yeah. And you're sure. just like, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, 
I expect God wants to move in everyone's heart, but are, who are the people I've decided that I've given up on? You know what I mean? Like whatever yeah. it may be that that's always one for me that I always work through. Like the people who you want it, who you keep sharing the gospel with or want the opportunity to, and you get to a point where you're like, I guess God's not really going to work on that one. <laughs> like, right. And now all of a sudden you don't expect that God wants to help people. Like, you know, when you, when you deconstruct it, it hits a different way. But, um, yeah, I find myself in those places. So I, I do the same type of thing and potentially just that's just you and I hang out <laughs> a lot and, and work through that. So that idea of I want to dream big, but I don't want to make up silly things that I start praying to God for. So I want to have big expectations. But for me, it's like it feels silly to start praying for certain things, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Or I don't want to be praying petty prayers. Like I, Haley and I want to be at a place in our in our household and our finances, and, and our and our heart is that we could take care of people from within our home. Like we had the opportunity, someone needed a place to stay. Like we had the opportunity because we had a guest room to just kind of set it up and get it ready. They didn't end up needing it, but but we had done it. And it like hit something in us. We were really happy that we had the ability to do that for a couple of days, right? right? Like we thought through it. And so we've even talked through more recently, like, could we be at a place financially to where like, if someone needed to come over, we'd be like, we got you dinner. We, we, we got you covered. Like, just come over. We'll help you. Um, but we still kind of put, there were like rules and, or it feels like petty to pray for financial. Like we have a hard time praying for finances because mm-hmm. it just feels like, a funny thing to ask God for. And I want to have those high expectations, but I don't want to ask silly things. You know what I mean? Like, right. God, I want to make this much a year. Like, ah, I hate praying. <laughs> like it's just, and again, I think it's just the mental, um, there's a mental block in asking for certain things. Right. And I don't know if that's for everyone, but. Probably. I mean, I'm sure everybody has something. Right. Um. You know, I think our our motive and our motivation is something. Yeah. God knows the true intentions and motives of our heart. Yeah. So you can't lie to him. Right. And so you have to, you do have to check that and navigate through that, right. your own sinfulness. Right. In the midst of it. But God is wise enough, smart enough, brilliant enough navigate through that yeah it's true and i think he again like i think he likes the opportunity to teach us if we'll be teachable yeah so i can pray prayers to god that he's never going to answer and it doesn't make him mad Mm. i don't think i'm not sure off the top of my head, if there's any scripture that would prove that. Um, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, th- all the scripture I can think of is you, you need to keep asking. <laughs> you keep asking, you yeah. keep begging. Like if someone's up all night banging on a door, eventually they're going to get what they want. Like that's how you go with yeah. that too. Like, you know, so it does talk quite a bit about continuously seeking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Finances 
I, I mean, I've shared this before. I apologize. I'm, I'm, it's one o'clock, but it feels like midnight. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, this office is perfectly warm. I know, it's so nice in here. I want to take a nap. The, uh, yeah, who knows what I was saying? <laughs> I liked, um, I liked your comparison on, um, like the, the poverty mindset and like a spiritual poverty mindset. Um, and, and I think in some ways we're, we're talking about that now too, like in, in our own limitations, but like the, and talking about shifting from, uh, how'd you do it? Your, your posture from like arms crossed, like God never has enough for me. God, you know, all this other stuff to a posture of like, no, no, he's, he's abundant in miracles. He's abundant yeah. in grace. Um, it was expect, yeah, it, that guy's, that guy's expectation I'm giving out my attention. I'm expecting him to give me something. I don't know what. Yeah. I know it'll be good. Yeah. I don't know what. I know it'll be for my benefit. I don't know what. I know it'll be for the kingdom's benefit. And so I'm going to ask mm. for some silver, but God just might instead give me a healing. I may ask for, yeah, you know, and, and trusting him through that. Something... I thought from earlier that I've been staring at you trying to remember what I was going to say. <laughs> you got it. Uh, when God looks at us, he doesn't look at us in our present state. Mm. Though, and he doesn't look at us in our past state. He, because he exists outside of time, he sees all of it. So he sees the moment we're praying for the miracle and the moment we get the miracle, it's exactly at the same moment for him. Yeah. There's no thing on that. And then, oh. I heard this in a sermon I listened to this week. He, beyond that, he doesn't just look at the prayers and expectations we have for today within our own lifetime. He looks at us in terms of generations. Yeah. So he's not just looking at Nate Gagney in January, 2024. He's looking at my lifetime, my father and my grandfather's lifetime, yeah. my kids and my kids' lifetime, because it says your children and your children's children multiple times in scripture. So God, I'm praying prayers and I'm like, I wonder if God will answer it by Tuesday. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to answer it in two generations. Yeah. And prayers that we pray right now that we're sowing, those are seeds to future forests. Yeah. Um, and we may not see the forest in our lifetime. Yeah. But God's like, no, no, yeah, you trust me with this. There's going to be some giant sequoias here. There's going to be um, a maple farm. There's going to be like, just keep, just keep sowing these prayers yeah. and it's going to be accomplished. And we are living in answered prayers that people we never met prayed for us. Mm. Yeah. So um, one of the girls who got baptized in Dover, her bunch of her family came and visited yeah. and, oh, how'd your family like it? How'd your grandparents like it? And so she was kind of talking through that. And then one of her grandparents used to go to a church like ours back in the day. And my thought in my head was, ah, it's not an accident 
that this teenager has come to faith because yeah. probably her grandmother yeah. or her great grandmother or grandfather had prayed for her. Yeah. She doesn't even know them. She doesn't mm-hmm. even know they prayed that. The grandmother might not even know she prayed that, thought that, or that her parents prayed and thought that, but now here she is yeah. getting water baptized. We are, you know, this Dover Church building, it was prayers prayed by pastors I never met. Yeah. Um, you know, anyway. No, that's there, good. There, there's just so much more to expectation other than faking a uh, an attitude, faking a yeah, yeah, yeah. confident faith. Like, yeah. We're in the least church state in the country, but God's going to do it. Right? It's just <laughs> yeah. fake enthusiasm yeah. as opposed to, it doesn't matter if we're at the least church state. When the good news is preached, when Jesus is lifted high, mm. he draws all men unto him. Yeah, There's an expectation in that that goes way beyond. We've got a good band and I tell funny stories sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know God is going to grow his church. Right. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Yeah. We're moving forward. We're gaining ground. We're taking territory. That's the expectation. Yeah. And so what does that look like for 2024? Well, I, I'm expecting 100 people to be water baptized. Well, we've never done that before. Well, we've been close. Yeah. But even if we, <laughs> even if we've never been, so I'm not saying 1,000, right. all right? So it's kind of within the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. within striking distance, but that would be a miracle. It's not just something we can have faith for by accident. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like, um. Like what, what you make me think through as you're sharing and even just working through expectation is um, it's such a, it's such a mindset thing, right? Like it's not living life. Like I expect the best things are going to happen to me all the time. I expect, you know, a check in the mail tomorrow. I, I expect, you know what I mean? Like, it's not this. And then all of a sudden now, because you expected it, it happened. It's this, it's this mindset almost of, I expect God, you know, you talk through the, um, the, you training your dog. I expect no matter what it looks like right now, that God is here with me and walks through it and knows what's best. And so I'm going to pray in faith of God, if you could do these things and I'm not shattered if that doesn't happen, because my expectation is he's still with me and he cares for me. And it's, and it's more about the mindset of how he would take care of you, how he would love you and be with you and your family than it is about just expecting material things or, or right. um, healings to be a specific way. And, and I think we talked about that a little bit right. last week as well. Um, so yeah, it's, not, it's, it's just far from the name it and claim it kind of idea. Yeah, and, right? I, and I think it goes beyond what's in it for me. Yeah. Our expectation has to be in the kingdom of heaven and we need to expect good things for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Because if it's just for us. We're just like wishing. You're, <laughs> just, well, and if, if what good does that? Yeah. You, you know, um, uh, Peter, Paul, James, um, Nathaniel, all of the disciples, they all get well. They all get executed. John gets brutally 
yeah. tortured, lives through it. So, you know, what were they expecting? Well, a little bit they were expecting death, but what? But <laughs> they were expecting trials. Jesus told them it was coming. Yeah. But their expect they, they were believing God for amazing things, not for themselves. Mm, yeah. They were believing God that the captives would be set free, the lost would be found, yeah. demonic oppressions would be broken. Mm. And so their expectations are a lot more than, you know, I- Take I, care of me, God. Yeah. I hope I get uh, 10,000 acres, you know, in North America, God. <laughs> yeah. So it's not superficial. Yeah. It's supernatural. It's not temporal. It's eternal. Yeah. Our expectations are on those things. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, so what's the shift out of that? Because I feel like, I feel like there's a, it's a popular teaching of, and even it's not a Christian thing, but there's so much talk of like the, the manifestation, your, you know, what's your, what's your speaking. There's, there's such a heavy focus on having faith in what God is going to do for you. I just, I, there's just got to be something that's a mental shift out of that. Like it has to be about the kingdom of God. Yeah. It has to be about the kingdom of God. Right. Um, I really, my memory is not good. This last couple of weeks, I got too much. I'm processing and working on. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember if I said this, this podcast. So I'm about <laughs> In to the apologize. Last 30 minutes. Yeah. I could have already said this. <laughs> um, but when I prayed, and I've shared this before for sure, but when people pray, um, I would hear pastors pray, pray for a millionaire to come to our church. There's a millionaire ties. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And one day when I was talking with God, I said, God, why don't you just make me the millionaire? Why do I have to wait? Why do I have to wait for someone mm. else to come? God, you can, you can get, allow me to be able to give way beyond what's possible. And so I and I haven't made it to the millionaire level, but we've been trying to give like millionaires. Yeah. And why? For our own tax benefit? No, because the tax benefit wore out a long time ago. They only let you credit so much. <laughs> um, but it's for the kingdom of God. Mm. It's for God to grow for um, missionaries and for revival and for souls into the kingdom. And yeah, so it's got to be about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good heart check to work yeah. through. What are the things you're, you're praying through or working through? And our, I, I don't know if this is true, but you know, I think sometimes our prayers are make my life better. Yeah. My prayer should yep. be make your kingdom bigger. Yeah. Make it bigger. Use my life. Use my home. Use my finances. Yeah. Use my church. Use my ministry. Use my giftings. Not to make my life better. Yeah. But to make your kingdom bigger. And as a result, our life gets better. Yeah. Because week number one, he fills with us with joy and peace. Right. He takes <clears throat> care it, of our needs. It, it's better beyond the... Um, beyond the superficial way that we were thinking, right? Like it's better because there's there's fruit happening that you're seeing and it's just a blessing that God is using you in it. And you know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
oh my gosh, this person's life changed. And God, you let, you let me be the first person to mention you, you know, like uh, we're not praying for a Ferrari. We're just praying. We have an opportunity, you know, and you know, it just does a big shift in us. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's really cool. And there's nothing wrong with those things. So I have a a friend on Facebook, a friend I went to Bible college with, he posted yesterday, got like this brand new BMW, brand new, full-size BMW. I think someone gave it to him, but I didn't ask. I was just trying to (laughs) decipher. Like sometimes people are like, I got this great, God that moved in my life and they just got a loan. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think someone gave it to him. Yeah. And... You know, why (laughs) would that goes back to the story of uh, the idea of just spinning things, right? It's like, man, God's so good. I couldn't believe he let me get this person alone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But why we would wrestle with that. Like, why would God give him a overpriced? Yeah. Crappy car, honestly, in my opinion, because they always break down all the time. (laughs) Um, why would God give him that when, you know, we need, um, you know, we need increased funding at the Center of Hope Orphanage. Mm. So that car would have probably covered, probably would have tripled our budget. Yeah. For the next year. <laughs> God, why are you doing that? Yeah. And arms crossed and whatever and say, oh, okay. God cares about that guy. And he's blessed him with that car. All right, God's got a blessing. Yeah. God, how do you want to bless me? Yeah. And how do you want to yeah. help our ministry? I forget, God, you have a you owned a cattle on a thousand hills. You are infinite in resource. And so I'm I, I'm gonna expect I, I, I'm expecting God that yeah. you're gonna take care of our needs too. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is, that is, um, again, that's the poverty mindset coming in. What a waste, God. Don't you know that we need this? And you used some of your finite resources on the, on the BMW and we need this instead. You know what I mean? It's like, it's such that mindset bleeding through the poverty, a place of poverty. Right. And I, you know, whatever. And some of it's cultural Yeah. because we're. You know, I'm in New Hampshire and I'm a Yankee and, <laughs> you know, I wrestle with mm, nickel and diamond God. I think God blesses me with something and then I start feeling guilty that God blessed me with it. Yeah. So then I give him back some of it. God, you, you've been too liberal yeah. in your generosity. It's too much. Let me... Yeah, I don't know. It's just something. It's just something broken. It's just something broken <laughs> that I've been studying my whole life. Yeah. To change and accept, but like I'm the type of guy I feel guilty when I take a day off. Yeah. And even I've been in a rhythm of taking Sabbath on Fridays since Benaiah was a year old, maybe. I've been doing that for 14 years. I still feel guilty. Yeah. And I'm like, why is it? God has commanded me the Sabbath. Yeah. Why am I feeling guilty that I didn't answer someone on Slack or return their text message or their Facebook message? 
or Instagram message or <laughs> email or any other format. Why am I feeling guilty about that? No, God has commanded me to do this. I yeah. should enjoy it. Even vacation time. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, I just heard I about know. a podcast of a uh, uh, John Mark Homer. Who's, who's a pretty, not radical. He's just a big, like, I don't want to live life like America does. I don't want to do it. But he has like, uh, they talked through his automated email response. If it's not Monday evening is I believe in a better quality work and uh, a deep work that God's called me to. I will look at this Monday at 6 PM. So if you email him like Tuesday morning, you get this automated response and you will not get a reply back. Either way, it's just like this random, like this yeah. guy's like, I got to figure out how to get past the pressure the world puts on you right. and learn how to slow down like Jesus did. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, I get that. So yeah, the, everything else says you need to be uh, like very responsive. You need to be this, you know. We talked about this at youth group Wednesday night. I um help with the, circle for the teenage boys Mm -hmm. and based on eric hoffman's message last week the conversation about it really essentially the boys kept saying in one way or another do more do more do more read the bible more pray more whatever which is you know good answers it's true and we had to stop and say hey we're we've got to understand like just accomplishing more doesn't do anything in our heart yeah and doesn't create an unwavering yes we have to learn how to have these spiritual disciplines yeah. of Sabbath and prayer and um, spending time with Jesus more than we, before we just start doing more and more stuff. Right. And our doing has to be connected with actually hanging out with him. Right. Yeah, sometimes the best thing is, is it's the it's like cheesy but to do less like that could be your well maybe it's because i'm doing this all the time i just do less of these things and actually slow down yeah that's good any uh any book recommendations or anything did we already run out of time yeah we're good yeah we've been going oh my word well i always give you an extra half hour of the book record no i'm just kidding (laughs) um can I ask you this one question? Do you think I was um, way off base on this statement? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without expectation, it's impossible to have faith. No, I don't think you're way off. I think the one thing you you like said quickly and started out, but I liked what you said is when you were struggling through trying not to say God is bored with you if you have little expectation in your faith. And you like kind of said it fast and then moved on. But I was like, Oh, that does kind of hurt. Like this, God wants to walk with you in these things and just picturing what our walk is like when we have no expectation in our faith. Right. I think that, yeah. So I liked it. And I think, I think that is, that's one of those, like what must be true to have a real faith? Like, yeah, I, I need to have expectation. In God it. has an adventure for us. Yeah. An adventure based on our, giftings and, you know, on a whole bunch of things. But yeah. I think about like, you know, I love bringing my kids to um, amusement parks. Yeah. So on our family goal list for 2024, I wrote down, go to Dollywood. 
<laughs> you know, I wanted to go there. I've wanted to go for a couple of years. It hasn't yeah. happened. This is the year I'm going to make it happen. Um, and to think about that adventure, roller coaster, all the things to experience. And yeah. my kids were like, I'd like to sit here on this bench. Yeah, we can take a rest here. How long yeah. do I sit here? No, this is what I'd like to do today. I just yeah. want to sit here, <laughs> take it all in. <laughs> and God is like, hey, I didn't create you to sit on a bench. Yeah. To just every day work, eat dinner, watch Netflix. Work. Yeah. Eat dinner, watch Netflix. Go to the gym sometimes in there. Visit friends sometimes in there. Yeah. Work, eat dinner, <laughs> Netflix. And God's like, hey, I kind of thought we could do something a bit more fun. Yeah. Could we do something a little bit scary? Could we, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're, you're, you meet the height restrictions now. Come, come, how yeah. about you? How about you join a circle? Yeah. This is going to be so, wild. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit like the teacups. <laughs> Depending on who's ever leading it. Right. It could be a wild ride. <laughs> but could we yeah, that's good. at least go on a little bit of adventure? Yeah. And work ourselves up to being a missionary to an Arab country? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. So a similar thing, like when we, we went to um, like Animal Kingdom with our kids, we talked through the same thing of our one goal was fully led on whatever their mood was. Like we, me and Pastor Rob, we were like, we want to just, op like we're going to walk in and there's all these little places to explore and we're just going to let them, let them go. And Marie, Rob's, Rob's wife was like, I need you to be mentally ready if these kids are not in the mood. <laughs> like if these kids are overtired, hungry, and they just want to whine or find snacks, like what are you going to do? And our Pastor Rob was like, I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> like I have a plan of what I want to see them do and I'm just going to film it. And if they don't do it, I'm going to be wrecked. And that's uh, that same idea of like, we were just hoping like, please don't be grumpy. Please uh, do this. Beyond being grumpy, <laughs> my fear would be they'd want to spend three hours looking at those stupid pins. <laughs> oh man like hey we've got a lot of money to be here we can look right. at the pins on ebay <laughs> go do something else yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that would be my fear that's fair yeah but just the same idea of like i want to see you feel like you're an explorer i want to see you you know it's the same type of emotion so i get it yeah all right book um uh but to say i liked that quote yeah i made it a social post we made sure we right coined on. it how many yeah the, a um, lot of frowny faces. I'm <laughs> <scared>. <laughs> There's a lot of blogs written about that. The <laughs> book recommendation. Um, I don't know if it's a sequel to In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day, but it's connected to the story Mark Batterson's book, Chase the Lion. Mm. Subtitle, If Your Dream Doesn't Scare You, It's Too Small. Mm. And I think that's definitely an expectation yeah. of God wants to do more. He wants you to fail. He wants you to be in some scary situations. Yeah. He wants you to end up on a ship in the middle of a storm and a shipwreck and because he just because you've got places to go and yeah. things to do and he wants to use you. That's good. And so to fight 
all odds and all spiritual and natural opposition to go after it. Mm. So that's, that's our good. book recommendation. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks for chatting. Hey, this Sunday, Vision Sunday. Oh, yeah. And so just asking every podcast listener to be there for that, invite all your friends. Yep. And then the week after that, Next Gen Takeover. Yeah, we got so many good weeks. And just asking, man, I'd love for the whole church to be there mm. the next two weeks. And um, just be, you know, not to miss it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Great. Bye, everybody. Bye.